that's a track by Yanis Markopoulos and it's called Who Pays the Ferryman and it just sort of gives us a little bit of a taste of some oh, really good music and a little bit about what it's about today where we're here on Community Connect with Ed Weiner and Greg McHenry so I say good morning and good morning Ed. Good morning Greg. Yes and where are we? We're on OCR FM 98.3 and 88.7 FM along the coast. We're streaming also live at ocrfm.org.au and I will be podcasting this program, this little conversation, minus the music. So if you like that track, you'll have to find it. Yeah, Giannis Markopoulos, or Markopoulos. Brilliant. Firstly, though, I'd like to pay respect to and acknowledge the Gulijan people who are the custodians of the land we're on today, as well as the Gadabinud who are along the coast. I'd also like to pay my respects to their elders past, present and future. Well, today we're going to be chatting about the local community-owned hospice Anamkara House. Colac, actually, because there is another Anamkara House and that's in Geelong. And I think that's the original one. And one of my guests today, or one, no, it's not one of my guests. It's one of the manager, the nursing manager's guests is in here, told me just before that Anamkara in Geelong registered in 2008. We'll get verification from that later on. But anyway, you're welcome. That manager happens to be Karen Eccles. G'day, Karen. How are you? Good morning. I'm well, thank you. You are. And now we've had a bit of a chat out in the in the foyer, or whatever we call it, the front of the studio here in uh, at OCRFM, and we've only got an hour. <laughs> and you've got so much to tell us about Anamkara House. What is it? Anamkara House. Well, it's a community hospice, so that means that it was established by the community, and it's there to serve the needs of the community. We opened for care in 2012 when we had our first day and overnight respite guests. And it's evolved over the seven years that we've been open to provide what the community needs. We've always operated on the philosophy that the community will tell us what they need, and they have. So the services that we provide now are overnight respite. So that's overnight care 24 hours a day with registered nurses on duty full-time for people with chronic and life-limiting illnesses. And that may or may not evolve into end-of-life care. And to access respite at Anamkara, you don't need an ACAS assessment. We also offer... Now, you better tell them, what is an ACAS assessment? So an ACAS assessment is an aged care assessment which is done to determine eligibility for funded aged care services, but we aren't a funded aged care service, so it's not necessary to come up and stay with us. Okay. And then we also have day respite where people come up between about 10 and 4 on any days of the week, really. It's social support for uh, people who often with terminal or life-limiting illnesses are socially isolated. And it can also provide a break for carers, a much-needed break. And our day respite is very flexible. So you're not locked into a specific day if you have an appointment or something comes up you can change the day to meet the needs of the guest and the carer. Okay now for all of this to be going on it was started up by a woman who was not going to be in here until a little bit later on. She started one in Geelong and Amkara and what what does it actually mean? Soul friend. It's Gaelic for soul friend. Gaelic for soul friend. Well it was started up by Diane right now. Diane is doing her work elsewhere. This morning yes. This morning and she's going to be Coming into the studio about eleven thirty, so we're going to have to reshuffle some sheets, uh, some some sheets, 
some seats to put my teeth back in. Now, to get it all done, to get all this work done, you also have volunteers, and that brings in you, you brought in a guest with you. I did. I've brought in Bev Mulder, who's one of our much-loved and very much-valued volunteers up at Anamkara. Hello. How are you, Bev? I'm very well, thank you, and thank you, Karen, <laughs> for that introduction. Well, you're only one of them. How many others are there, Bev? Oh, Volunteers. Well, on a Tuesday, we often have two or three volunteers. Which is? When, what sort of work do you do as a volunteer? We make some lunch for them, make cups of tea, keep Who's them entertained. Them? Who's them? For our clients, our day hospice ladies that come in. We have a group mainly of ladies, okay. but it could be gentlemen as well. Actually, I was going to ask that. And so you do get a mix of male-female? We do, and, and ages as well. We've had guests from as young as 19 up to 101. Mm, fabulous. Okay, and, what, and how, many are you, how, how many in the facility? We have five beds, five overnight beds, and then day respite, depending on the care needs of the guests, up to seven, even though we had a very crazy day last Thursday where because of rearranging of days we had nine day guests and mm. it was... A very, very busy, active place that day. And so in, in all the stuff that you're doing there, what do you do during the day? Is it activities to what? I and mean, in what, what condition are people? Well, they vary again. Some people are high care. They're totally dependent upon us for all of their needs. And other people are quite mobile and able to participate. We do a range of things. It's very much tailored to the needs of the people we're caring for. So we don't have a program as such. We we take it day to day based on what the guests feel like doing and what their health is like that day. We might play card games or craft activities or watch a movie or sometimes we've been on an outing. We do with the ladies on a Tuesday, they do a very short, chair yoga session before lunch which they all enjoy and they're all getting a little bit better at it every week I think. Mm. <laughs> chair yoga. So they enjoy <laughs> so that. Good. Sometimes we have musical entertainment and we're always on the lookout for ideas to make day hospice more engaging and more fun for our guests so if there's anyone out there that would like to come up and share their musical skills mm. or their special interests we've had the car club up and we've had the, the quilting ladies come up and talk to the guests or art and craft skills that they'd like to share with the guests. They're always welcome to give us a call and come up and and run a session during one of our day hospice days. Okay, so now with the four separate... Because on the... Um, with the, your website, which I'll give out, now that I've mentioned it, I better do that, hadn't I? Um, because people are already wanting to do that. It's all the W's, Anamkara House, Colac, all one word. So that's Anamkara House, Colac, A-N-A-M-C-A-R-A, House, Colac, .org.au. On that website, it, it tells me that um, you've got respite. Mm-hmm. You've got palliative care, end-of-life care, and transitional care. Yes. So how do, how do you separate all those? And can you just give us a bit of a rundown on each one, please? Well, the respite care, the overnight respite, is to provide care for people either 
to help with symptom management if their symptoms of their illness are becoming a bit more difficult to manage at home or to give carers a break or sometimes if people are living at home alone with a life-limiting illness, which a lot of people are, about 28% of Australians, I think, live alone, they get very tired and it's just nice for them to come up and have a little holiday and not have to worry about running their home and finding their food. They can just relax and we'll take care of that for them. Mm, And that's fantastic and they've got people to engage with too if they wish. Yes, and company, Mm. some social interaction. And then the day respite, well, I've covered that, I think, in what we do there. The end-of-life care is obviously caring for people in the last can be anything from hours to weeks of their life we've had people who've come and been only with us for eight hours and other people have stayed for eight weeks so that's obviously not an exact science it's something that we have to take each day as it comes and when people come for end of life care or even for respite we also have rooms where their families and carers can stay with them as well so our focus with all of our care whether it's day or uh, night respite or end of life or transitional care is to replicate the home environment hospice means home away from home and our goal is to replicate the home of the guest and the routines that the guest would have at home so we don't have any routines at all at Anamkara. There's no meal times or any times. There's really just guest time. Which is a way to go. I understand that there is a move too, though, towards helping people work and have their palli- having their palliative at home. Yes, and that's something that a lot of people express the wish to die at home, but because of a lot of different reasons, mm. that falls apart. And one of the new initiatives that we've just recently begun in collaboration with Community Palliative Care in Colac is in-home respite. So we are able to offer short-term in-home support to people as they're approaching those last weeks of life. Mm. So it's a, it's a, a very exacting thing and you're a volunteer at doing this, Bev. Oh, and So yes. why... why involved in this sort of work it's it, it must be what is it, it what causes you to do it or makes makes you want to do it and why did you do it or why well, do you do it well, I did it to start with because my husband took the big great dane dog for a walk and ended up getting pulled over and broke his pelvis and he was in so much pain and between acute and rehab there was nowhere for him to go he, couldn't come home because of steps and various other reasons. So Anam Kara come to the rescue and he they put him up there for two weeks and they were just so marvellous and I could see the need for help and just different various jobs that needed doing. And when we got out, when he got out, we both volunteered, so Peter mows the lawns. There's 12 acres of lawns to mow there. I hope he has something to so sit on, does he? He does. <laughs> he's got a very comfortable mower. So he's um, in charge of that, and I go out on Tuesday and just help look after the, the g- girls 
for day hospice. What a fabulous story. And, and I absolutely love it. Mm. I've got to ask, did you get rid of the Dane? We were just babysitting him, so oh. he did go home. He did go <laughs> He home. never went for another walk. Well, if you babysit dogs, can you try a corgi? No, not even a corgi. <laughs> something small, I don't know. It. I don't know, something smaller than that. Yes, yeah, he was in but, a bad way. <laughs> but what it was, so how did you get to get that connection with with uh, Anamkara? Well, just at the hospital, they were, we didn't have private health cover and to send Peter to Geelong for care for two or three weeks, it was just far too expensive. And yes, it was due to the, the girls at the hospital here too for Colic Area Health. Okay, so there is that community connection, isn't there? Yes, we've got a good working relationship with Colac Area Health. We have a memorandum of understanding with them and we collaborate on uh, definitely looking after the people in the community with palliative care mm. needs, but also they will come to us if they have a a tricky situation that they think that we might be able to help with. And if we are able to, we're always happy to help. And another thing that we're in the process of developing with Colac Area Health at the moment is a bereavement support group, which we've found is a huge area where there's not much available in Colac. So our community liaison nurse Naomi and the staff at Colac Area Health are now working together to develop a bereavement support program for the people in Colac. And that will be launched on the 11th of April at the Neighbourhood House. So... Mm. If anyone thinks they might be able to be mm. involved in that or benefit from it, keep your eyes open for more information that'll come soon. It's, 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 so it's going all ahead. about people helping people live their lives, isn't it? It is. Yes, that's mm. well. That's what Anamkara is about. It's not really a you know a place of death. It's mm. a a place of living. It's a mm. very lively, active. Certainly is. <laughs> too lively and active sometimes. No, I think it sounds great. I think you've got a bit of a job there, Ed, because we've, we quite often, because of the nature of, our, of community, the Colic Area Health does, we've had them on a couple of occasions, or do, they are a, a real core of community in terms of health, mm. that that bereavement aspect of it is one I know that us being from Geelong is, is taken on by hope and... Um, Wesley Centre for Life Enrichment and some other places that it's a very important part so we um, we might look towards getting Ed and yourselves to talk together after this mm. to see where we can go about having a chat about it a bit further down yes, into March good. or something Well certainly if we can get Naomi our community liaison nurse who's more involved in that side of things and in also we've recently become part of an initiative called the Victorian Compassionate Communities Network, which is a network of all the different community hospices and similar organisations in Victoria, which was first initiated by our community liaison nurse Naomi. So she would love to come on and talk about that sometime, I'm sure. Well, I'm, I'm hoping she's listening there. So send her a cheerio and a forewarning that we'd love to meet up with you shortly, Naomi. You can do your cheerio now. <laughs> Hi, Naomi. Hope you're listening and we'd definitely love to hear from you on the radio soon. And we'll get you to coordinate it with Colmic Area Health. I can talk to Kelly there and ask her to facilitate that as well because that'd be good. Now, we're going to have a little break. Seeing it's coming up to 20 past 11 here, 
We'll have a little break. We're going to put a track of yours on, but I've got a note here. Uh, there's a late on late shift. There's a night of life music from the 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s. The 60s suits me. Where you can sit and enjoy the tunes or get up and dance the night away at the Colac RSL. And it's on on Saturday, the 2nd of March. The doors are open at 7.30. Music is on from 8 o'clock. And the tickets are only $25 per person or 20 if you want to book beforehand. And that's by the 22nd. So you've got two days to save yourself five bucks and get yourself organised. It's on a trybooking.com. Uh, so if you get onto that. And if you don't get a ticket before you arrive, it's going to be $30 at the door. So I suggest you get your early booking done. And drinks and meals are available at bar prices. And it's brought to us by, well, of course, OCRFM, Western Waste and the Colic RSL. So that should be a great night. The track we're going to put on is one that you've chosen. And I hope I've got it right here. It's, um, who's it by? Mountain Goats. By Mountain Goats. And it's a, it's got a story to it. I'll put that track on, and then we'll have a bit of a chat about it as soon as it's finished. Look, we're on here today at Community Connect with uh, Ed Weiner and Greg McHenry on OCRFM 98.3 and 88.7 FM along the coast. We're also streaming live at OCRFM. And we've got Bev Mulder, who's a one of many volunteers, and I haven't found out how many nurses you've got there, and you're the nursing manager or the manager? I'm the hospice you, manager, The yes. hospice manager. We have about 15 nurses all up on our casual list and about another 15 volunteers and some personal care attendants as well. We'll have a bit of a word about qualifications, because as you know, the aged care thing is commissions and all mm. that. Um, we'll have a bit of a word about that, but we're going to have a listen to this track, first of all, by... Mountain Goats. Mountain Goat. And we'll be back with you immediately after it. That uh, track you've just listened to is on, uh, because you're tuned in, tuned in to Community Connect with Edwina and Greg McHenry on OCRFM 98.3 and 88.7 FM along, FM along the coast. With my guest here today, we've got Karen Eccles, who's the hospice manager. Yeah. On the website it says you're the... Nurses manager, or right? Or, uh, we've had a bit of a change of roles. So, so the, the hospice manager at Anamkara House, Colac, along with her, next to her is Diane um, Bev Mulder, and Diane Wright's not arrived in the building yet. And of course, Edwina McHenry is sitting there next to her with a big smile. <laughs> that track that you chose, Karen, quite sombre, but yes. nevertheless, it's a uh, it's called Isaiah. It's from uh, the the wording or part of the wording is from Isaiah, verse uh, forty, uh, Psalm forty-five, verse twenty-three. Yes. Well, the first time I heard that song, my husband played it. He had found it somewhere. He's also a nurse, and it meant really moved him. And to me, it symbolises keeping the focus of care that we provide on the personhood of our guests and not on managing their illness and it's about letting people live and die in their way mm. which is what's supposed to be I mean we talk about we've talked with things on Parkinson's and multiple sclerosis and whatever else and then blokes with prostate cancer and women with you're living with whatever you've got yes so people don't die of Parkinson's or whatever they die of something else so you're living with what you've got, and uh, that's the way to go. 
that's the phone. I don't know what. No, we just have to let that go, I think. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Can you close the door, please? Thank you. Sorry, this is community radio, and uh, I'm sorry about that, but the phone went. But that's not mine this week, <laughs> because on one occasion I did have my phone left on and, and it went. But anyway, so thank you for the caller. We aren't able to talk to you at this stage, <laughs> and I think you'll find that that's what the answering machine is saying. Where were we? That, that's a great. Uh, you know, it is a very good song, but it's yeah, the living. We're all on. It's all on about living. Yes, it's about, l- and that's what palliative care is about. Palliative care is a, a type of care that aims to improve the quality of life of people with life-limiting and terminal illnesses by helping with all of the problems that come along with those illnesses, so the physical, the psychosocial and the spiritual needs that they might have. And palliative care is about improving yeah, their quality of life and the better, the earlier it's introduced into someone's illness trajectory, the more benefit that it can be and the better quality of life they will be able to have. And it's giving everyone dignity? Is that a big, that's a big part of it as well, isn't it? Too? Well, that's what we hope it's going to yeah. achieve, yeah. And so with it being, I think they call it client-centred care. Yes. That, that is an individual thing, but it's also the family need to be involved? Yes, and we don't see, when we have a guest admitted to Anamkara, we see our care as for them and their support and family network. It's not just about the person with the illness, but everybody else that's impacted by that. And that brings us back to the the point before we went and had that beautiful song, song about the bereavement, because once the person, if and when they do die, that that family, what, what happens with the family then? Do you, that you don't just say, oh, thanks a lot, see you later. Yeah, no, we continue to follow them up. Depending, you know, and and that follow up will depend on a lot of factors. How much the family needs us, they will let us know as time goes on. And we've we've found in the past often when people have had a loved one die at Anamkara, for quite a while after that death, because often they might have spent a few weeks, most of their time at Anamkara in that last end of life stage, they'll just pop in and feel really comfortable that they know they can come up there when they're feeling a bit down or lonely and they'll always have someone to talk to and a cuppa and and I'm so really honoured I suppose that they feel comfortable to come back and, and know that they have a sanctuary there somewhere that they can feel that they're going to be looked after. I think that's brilliant. You know, if someone dies... In a hospital bed, you quite often don't get anything after that. Let's hear by. That's so important. And that's the, the nature of the beast nowadays. Everyone seems so busy and so such simple things get forgotten. Yeah, it is and a busy, remembering busy world, isn't it? Well, so that's why you came back onto the on deck, Bev. It's yes. because of the, of the sense of family and comfort it gave you. Yes, definitely. And payback and pay forward and mm. <laughs> so how, how do you get more do you need more volunteers we always need more volunteers well there you go now what's your captive capture your area where are you getting your people from for a start and where do you want to put your call out to for volunteers well we've had guests that have come as far away <coughs> as Warrnambool and Geelong Cressy in the north 
Um, we have quite a few from the Winchelsea area and volunteers. Well, anyone who feels that making the trip out there and giving their time is not a burden for them. We have a lady that comes from Pombonit at the moment. We've had a volunteer from Winchelsea, so there's no no boundaries. Okay, and how difficult was it to become a volunteer, Bev? Not difficult at all. It was just a matter of saying I'm available. And Did she pass they were very <laughs> appreciative, and they are very appreciative. Did she pass a police check or anything like yes, that? Yes, we need a police check for our volunteers. And yeah. we also have a training program, which is based on the Victorian, uh, the Palliative Care Victoria training for volunteers. Um, and we're, we're in the process at the moment of adapting that training to make it possible for people who can't come into a class every week for a, a few weeks to have a, a self-paced workbook that they can work through and then less face-to-face -face sessions to make it less onerous for potential volunteers. So now that brings up another point that I made mention of that we take up is the training of the people, the nurses, you've got, say, 16 of them. Yes. That we've got with the aged care thing that's on at the moment where we've got a small, uh, there must be a small percentage, which is all it takes to, to put a black mark on the entire industry yep. of people who are not keeping their people up to scratch and up to training, who have not got the, whatever the cer certification in aged care that they should have and all that sort of thing. Yeah. All your people are all trained and... Well, they're all qual all of our nurses are qualified, either registered or medication-endorsed enrolled nurses who have a significant amount of hands-on experience in acute nursing, most of them, and, and in palliative care as well. We also make available opportunities for training through either Barwon Health Palliative Care Service or Grampians Region Palliative Care. We bring speakers up to talk at Anamkara as often as we can. We've had speakers about motor neurone disease and Parkinson's and pain management and our staff take advantage of those opportunities and between those different things they all obviously as nurses are obliged to undertake 20 hours of continuous professional development every year so they tailor that to the needs of the workplace that they're in. Mm, that's great. And is that open to uh, voluntary people as well to go to those talks? Depending on the topic, yes. Yeah. And we open it up to other health services as well. So we've mm. had people come from Hess Rural Health, from mm. Camperdown to, to join in with our, our opportunities as well as our own staff. Yeah, that's great. Are, are there any other insti institutions or organisations around that provide the same as what Anamkara and Kylak provide? No, nothing that's exactly it the same. It is quite unique, isn't it? Do. Very unique. Yeah. Very special. Just, I mm. don't know, something about it. I actually had a lady come up recently to have a look at future care, possibly for her brother who's not well. And she sent me an email after her visit and she said, I was moved by the hospice and its beautiful energy. I am incredibly relieved to know that such a special place exists. Isn't it great? It is. It was lovely to receive that feedback. And they haven't even, they haven't even been there as a client or a visitor? No. Just, just as a visitor? She was only there for half an hour, really. 
Blimey. Mm. And that was my experience too. I came to Anamkara probably 2012. I came to visit. I was training aged care students and I brought them up to have Mm. a tour. And I just knew as soon as I walked in the place that I needed to be part of it. It just called to me and Mm. I had a full-time job at the time. And by the time I walked out of there that day, I had another job. Mm. Unbelievable. (laughs) I don't think it hurts to tell it. Ed and I, we're uh, consumer advocates at uh, Barwon Health. Right. And we're on a... um, working as consumer advocates at the moment on a dignity process for people out at the McKellar Centre. It sounds as though your model um, is something that we we could have a bit of a look at to help pass on because I think community needs to pull together with whatever the best parts of their operations are. Yep, and share the, the good ideas that make it <coughs> make it a special place. Mm. And that, yeah, that's a dignity. Now, the dying with dignity, one thing that we do know that McKellar Centre does do, is they have volunteers. This would be interesting for you to maybe add on if they don't do it already, Bev. They talk to the client and get them to put a story together and get them to, they record their, a bit of their life and then have it transcribed to a bit of a storybook. And we have yes. done that with some You've of our that? guests. In mm, fact, we, yes. we just sent a book off recently to the family of a gentleman who was coming up for day respite with us and he passed away only a few weeks ago and his book was in the cupboard with all the other guests' books getting worked on. So we posted it off to her to let her have that memory of her dad. And the Diane Wright has just entered the building. Hello, Diane, how are you? Hello, Greg. Good morning. 2008, we've worked out since we had a chat. Not long ago. Morning, Karen. Morning, Karen. Thanks for getting Diane. You remember Diane, don't you? I definitely remember Diane. <laughs> now, um, we have to sort of. Th- I don't know whether we can throw that away yet. The uh, with the dying with the, with the book and the the uh, the process of that. It's like a memory. What do you call it? Ed, a memory book. When someone's got dementia, of having a a book together to remind them of what they were, where they were, and that sort of thing. And to but help staff start conversations. And the conversations with, with people. It's a valuable tool. I think you'd be aware, Diane, what we were talking about. Yes. It's what Russell Armstrong and actually one of our wonderful uh, ex-mayors, Keith Fagg, is one of the prime people who does that as well. Truly. With, yeah, with the dignity and putting the book together of the, pe- the people who are in at McKellar Centre. I think it's excellent. Mm. And um, it's an initiative that's going to be adopted, I think, um, statewide, statewide or nationwide in various forms too because of um, the meaningful ageing um, drive that's happening now. So um, it's a great initiative that, that we see the whole person and their whole story and respect that because there's such, so much wisdom and um, um, history Mm. with people the, the meaningful age side of it um, Eddie and I we spend time with Aboriginal community and we go overseas we've, we've primarily been around Asia and that we're family the stories and you know the grandparents are looking after the children and the stories are continued the word of mouth stories are coming down and it's all that there has been the continuity and the looking after each other from generation to generation mm. we're here 
Mm. We don't have that in Australia the way we used to, and there isn't that passing on of all that. That con- sense of continuity, continuity and, and the, the community—that's that's a very rich, but it's a verbal one. Yeah. Yes, yes, and you need to be connected and with one another to do that. And because of sometimes distance, disconnection. Um, I've just been ten minutes ago speaking with my little Greek granddaughters. I sent them a card. They've started kinder. The joy of just speaking with them on the phone—they only live in Melbourne—but the joy of speaking with them on the phone, keeping connected, grandparents keeping mm. connected, is um, really important, isn't it, ladies? Certainly it is. Mm. Look, can we take a deep breath and put on a track? It's one of the. It's a Peter Roberts track that I'm going to put on, and it's got the ferryman. It's called the ferryman. We'll put that on so we can take a deep breath and then come back and let Diane know where we've been and where we want to go. Okay. All right. Does that does that make sense? Perfect. All right. So we've now got the well. What do we call everyone here that we were going to be talking with? And it's now including Diane Wright, who was one of the found or is the founder of Venomkara in Geelong, and she's going to take. A step back and have to give us a bit of a history on how it all came around. You should see the look on her face when I said that. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, Diane. It's not all that bad. And she's sitting there alongside Bed Mulder and Karen Eccles and Edwin, who is now sitting to my right, because we've had a shuffle here in the studios at 98.3 and 88.7 FM along the coast, where we're streaming live at all the WZOCRFM.org.au with Edwina and Greg and we'll listen to a bit of this Peter Roberts Yeah we're going to just leave um, that Peter Roberts running because we've got a lot of not a lot of time going it's called the ferryman you can just Mm. hear that in the background as you chat with Edwina and Greg McHenry on Community Connect 98.3 FM and and, 88.7 FM along the coast I, I would just like to go back to the start, Diane, and say, and ask, how did you get that presbytery at St Mary's to start? Edwina, um, the notion of a um, residential hospice flowed on from Dr Trevor Banks, who started Geelong Community Hospice. I had the privilege of working with the team, the nursing team of Geelong Community Hospice for about five years. And during that time, I was the only allied health professional. I'd finished my master's in, in um, health and counselling. And I went in there as a family therapist and bereavement counsellor and um, would have seen hundreds of people in that time um, and heard a common theme that said that people wanted to care for their loved one at home, but they also, their batteries, Um, wore out, they wanted to have somewhere where they could have a break or if they couldn't continue caring for home, a place (coughs) like home where they could. So I spoke with a couple of our wonderful nurses, Laurel Ling and Erica Pickering in particular, and together we we felt strongly and passionate enough about it to have a public meeting. And I did then speak with people around Geelong, including Father Kevin Dillon at St Mary's, and his mother had um, recently died, and he spoke how the family were in a hospital room at the end stage of her life. And even though the care was excellent, it was still a hospital room. And so he came to our public meeting for in Geelong, which we had at the Wesley Church, and we had a, a very good turn up there. And 
um, Father Kevin got up and spoke in favour of that um, proposal of having a a hospice in Geelong. So I asked him if he'd come on our, our committee, which he graciously did. And then over time, he came up with the idea. He's such a very fine man. And when I picked up the phone and Father Kevin was on the other line, he'd usually start our conversation by saying, Diane, I've been thinking. And I said, I love it when you think, Father Kevin. And one day he rang up and said, I've been thinking. St Mary's Presbytery only has two priests in it. So Father Dillon consulted with the parish for about a year and explained his vision of Adam Carr finding a home at the Presbytery. And then with Frank Costa's help, went up and spoke with the bishop and we received the use of that beautiful building, um, which was special for us because not only was, or not only is it a magnificent building, but it's always been covered by prayer. And Norm Lyons' family came on board to help us renovate that building and um, Lee Dicker from Bradbury Dicker helped with the architect and some wonderful people, the fag people, Helene Bender. Um, I'm leaving people out so I shouldn't mention names. Okay. Um, Andrew McNaughton. There was wonderful people that came on board and um, the community came on board and we had to find um, the money to refurbish it, which we did. And um, and so it's part of the community that's given mm. not only end-of-life care but day hospice, respite care and, of course, the, the carer's accommodation upstairs, which was a bonus that Father Dylan and I worked upon at the time. And that's been good. And mm. look where you've come to. How far have you come? It's well, just amazing. Well... It's about seeing something that needs doing mm. and you just put one foot in front of the other and it was laid on my heart, part of, I heard it very strongly and it was something that God laid on my heart and so mm. it's a simple, simple formula. It's called pray and work in that order and as long as I keep it in that order then God opens those doors. Mm. That's wonderful. And, and so then... You came to Colac? Well, we had a cottage hospice in Colac and that was provided wonderful care and that was headed up by our Mercer at the time. When the Colac was... The Colac Hospital was um, rebuilt and um, there was no ho cottage hospice. That, that had formed as part... It had developed, but it wasn't in the plans for the new hospital. And so people came to me in the community and said, well, Diane, you live in Colac. You've done this for Geelong. Could you do this for Colac? Well, what could I say? Because I love the Colac community. So we had a public meeting at St Mary's Colac. And we went from there and the community came on board. Um, Mr Neil Stewart came on board to help with the fundraising and Charles Stewart and company and Michael Stewart were outstanding in, in that way and uh, John Williams helped us and uh, the community trades people got behind us we were able to purchase that beautiful building up on the Everett um, estate and then through community support and donations and, and the giving of tradesmen's time we were able to refurbish that to um, a first class palliative care facility mm. with first class um, nurses and volunteers, which I've got sitting alongside me here. There you go. You've still got a job, you girls. Fantastic. <laughs> Thank you. Fantastic. We must, must also mention that Peter Roberts, who we've played, the reason why that was chosen is by you, Karen. It's because of his 
working with you as well? Yes, Peter came and spoke and presented some of his music at one of our Palliative Care Week open days and very kindly gave us a couple of his CDs, which we play very regularly for our guests. Peter is a music thanatologist, so I'd never heard of that before, and he's based in Geelong. And what a music thanatologist does is to play live, prescriptively played music at the bedside of patients who are facing end of life. Peter does this as his job and he also plays music for people who are recovering and I think he used to, I don't know if he still does, gives his time at different hospitals just playing in the background during the day. He's a very intuitive and extremely gifted human being. And he's a lovely man and we we were very grateful to him for coming and... um, And to quote from his website, he says that you have to bring compassion and an attentive, loving presence expressed through the music. So part of it, I know that he's worked at, um, well, Holy Cross. It was Holy Cross too when he was there. No, but he started Holy Cross. Come on, you've got to remember we go back a bit. You're talking about 2000, Diane. I've got to say, Diane looks a lot younger now than she did. (laughs) Because when she was going through the... Anyway, the harrowing stuff she was going through, she looked a bit older. But anyway, you're looking more relaxed and a lot better diet. But um, <laughs> I'm losing the track at all. But, um, he also plays music. So at St John of God, yes, but it was when it was Holy Cross. That he even plays music in um, the young wards the, for the, the babies. He does, he does. For the babies. So it's he incredible does. that... The music and what it can do to your soul. Yeah, and and that is, it's about touching the soul. Anamkara means soul friend, and Peter's been very much part of uh, that journey. And I'd also like to pay tribute, Greg, if I may, to another soul friend of Anamkara Geelong, and that's Mr Trevor Cole, who has just died this week. And uh, we honour Trevor's life, and he has been a great friend to Anamkara. Uh, Geelong, and um, we send condolences to Trevor's mm. family and to Tucker's who have been part of that journey. Mm. Okay, okay. Just a moment. Okay. The um, There's more work going on. Anamkara's getting bigger. We've got a new Anamkara that's going to be established, um, a 20-bed facility, um, on uh, land, um, Deakin University, and Diana Taylor, the the new chairman of Annam Carriage Along, is is um, an outstanding woman, and uh, with her um, team behind her, um, a committee, they're looking at establishing a new Annam there that will be um, cutting edge and provide care for the people of Geelong and the region. And there'll be a strong link to the medical school at Deakin University. That's a very exciting initiative. The government is supporting that. And um, uh, we're looking forward to seeing that become a reality too. So that's a, a new phase of Anamkara's life. So that should be, and that's going to... I mean, these guys here have taken away business from you because Anamkara Geelong was taking people from just about everywhere. And so they're taking some from the Western District. So 
when are you going to set up somewhere in the Eastern District or somewhere <laughs> like that because the expansion's there? Well, expansion's there. We've been proud to be associated with the development of a community hospice at Mansfield um, and um, excited to see that happening in the community. And we have close links with other hospices, including um, the Warrnambool and District Community Hospice under um, that was established by Dr. Eric Fairbank, a very fine man, and his and his um, wonderful team down there. So, hospice is growing, and it's a concept that is spreading. Uh, it's part of our compassionate community drive as yes. well. Yes, mm. mm. there's well, one in the Latrobe Valley as well. So the yes. east is. Covered. The east yeah. is coming. Yeah. Well, see, we are an ageing population, aren't we? Mm. Yes. Almost at the end of the post, post-war baby boomers and <laughs> yes. whatever else. Yes, and single-person households. More than 20% of the population live in single-person households. That is yes. so right. Mm. And who wants to be on their own? No, because we belong in community, don't we? We sure do. Mm. The um, mention of we're talking about, and we're going to be having a follow-up program on this, and you mentioned bereavement, and that was one of your forts, fortes. Yeah. Is it fort? Is Forte? Yeah. Forte's music, fort, strength. Peter Evans. Remember Peter Evans on ABC yes. 3LO? Yes. He used Wonderful to, man. He used to, he corrected it a number of occasions there, fort. Forte is musical. Was that mucking around in boats? I have got no idea. <laughs> <laughs> but one of your strengths and your and your really masters in that on bereavement yes. is that it's now really only being addressed for Colac, because we talked a little bit about it being addressed in Geelong. It was for many years. Um, I did provide that care there, but um, the time requirements of establishing Anamkara Colac meant that it's best to do one thing properly, mm. and so this is where my time had to be. Mm. But, I mean, Colac, why would it not have the bereavement? Of, it I mean, does. It does it has, have bereavement It does have support. already yes. bereavement support, but it's mm. going to be escalated, is it? So it'll be made more of a community thing here. Yes, the, the bereavement support group. It'll, it'll be a more formal structure for a self-managed group of bereaved people with mm. some facilitation from trained Volunteers. Oh, okay. That mm. that that clarifies. So, so we we're will, mindful of that being we'll, important. We yeah. will be quite mm. happy to chat about that later in March. Yes. Well, as I said, Naomi's the one with all the the knowledge about that much. And, more. and who's had the Cheerios as well? <laughs> <laughs> now it's been mentioned. It's quite religious, but it's not. It's a, an open. It's an all, all inclusive establishment. We hospice. welcome people. It's people. It's just people. It doesn't the matter board, who you all are. ages. All beliefs, um, we, we're inclusive. And for me, it was a journey of faith in establishing it, in st- establishing both the Anamkara hospices. But we are certainly inclusive and respectful of all people. Fantastic. And you're not going to retire? Um, no, What's no, that? I'm passionate. And <laughs> I've just... <laughs> no, I can't. It's part of my life. And it's something that gives my life meaning. And uh, no, at this point in time, no. I'll have to give you my email address because I didn't get your email. That's okay. So we'll get that sorted out. Thank you very much, Diane. Right? Pleasure. Do you want to? Who wants to put the call out for more volunteers and just give the information as to who to contact, how, when, and why? I will. Well, if you'd like to volunteer at Anamkara, we have lots of different roles that volunteers can fill. 
first step is to give us a call on 52338203 to arrange a time to come up and have a chat and a look at what we do and we can take it from there. Look forward to hearing from you. Right now, interviews, to, to have a chat with them, do they have to come out to you or you'll go to the home or whatever you want to decide, even over a cup of coffee at Farmer's Son or something? We're very flexible. We'd prefer them to come out to have a look at Anamkara and really understand what they're going to do before they commit to anything. And can I just add there that our volunteers are our gold. We really cannot run Anamkara, either Geelong or Colac, without our volunteers. And there are so many intangible benefits you get from volunteering that um, it will enrich your life as well. Has it, has it enriched yours, Bev? Absolutely has. So come on out, have a look, and you'll be sure to come back. It's a happy place. Excellent place. Very happy. And what about your husband? You better say something to him. for the Well, he's a volunteer as well, and he was just so grateful for the service that he got out there and the care. You heard that story, did you, Diane? I was there. Yeah. What, <laughs> with the broken hip and the yes, Dane? I think I made yes. him dinner one night. You, <laughs> you, made, you made him a pie. <laughs> Diane's dad was actually he in was there. Having, with, with, yeah, short-term care yeah. there. and Yes, it was all good, wasn't yes, it? Yes, it was. Yeah. So it's been fabulous. Look, you've been on... I'm going to go out with a track. I was going to put on another Peter Roberts, but because we can, and it's Edwina and, and I, it's our community connect here on 98.3 fm and 88.7 fm along the coast we're going to put a ben lee song on we're all in this together excellent perfect and aren't we we are aren't we Mm. and so i just thought that it'd be fitting so look thank you diane for making it even as late it's been fabulous catching up with you again Bev, wonderful job. Us volunteers, we keep the country running we do we try (laughs) if we had no volunteers we wouldn't have an ocrfm and thank you, Karen Eccles, for organising everything. And thank you for having us, Greg It's been fabulous. It's we been will, lovely. We'll get the podcast on this. I'm going to try and get it up today. Don't go until we've got a photo of you, please. Okay. Edwina, oh, thank you very much for your assistance and everything pleasure, else Greg. and making sure I got here safe. We are. We're going to go out with this Ben Lee track. It has been Ed and Greg McHenry on Community Connect, and we will talk to you all next week. I've got it's International Women's Day in about a fortnight. <laughs> I've got four beautiful women in the studio with me. In a fortnight, it's International Women's Day. So next week, because we need to talk before the week, we're talking with Nat. What's her name? I've gone blank, Ed. So said Edwina. We're talking with Nat about International Women's Day. I'm not sure who she's going to bring in, but we'll talk about how important women are in our community. <laughs> So with that, we will. We'll have a listen to Ben Lee. Talk to you again next week. Cheers.